Welcome to Land Parties, episode 89 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my esteemed co-host, Lucas Egan. I know he's coming off a, a very nice win with the Packers. How you feeling? How was your weekend, bro? I think I have finally calmed down, Ryan. I know I sent you the photo of the heart warning that my Apple Watch gave me because I was so excited and so pumped and so stressed during that game. Green Bay, can you please just win in a blowout? Please just let me relax. <laughs> but no, my weekend was good. Uh, we are under three months away from the Matrix Resurrections. Not that I'm counting mm. down, but I also <laughs> spent a lot of time uh, playing some of Diablo 2 Resurrected. So that was a little nice. fun. And I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a little bit bit but other than that a nice weekend on my end ryan how was yours good to hear mine was a sad boy weekend mainly because the bears <laughs> got absolutely smashed it was embarrassing um uh, regardless of that though it, it was a fantastic weekend i kept it pretty chill i also uh which we'll be talking about here in a little bit uh but i i started playing this game in sound mind it's a psychological thriller i'm excited to get into that to talk about that game a little bit as well other than that you know we had to do our uh, destiny raid we got that going plus We've got New World Amazon's MMORPG coming out uh, tomorrow, actually, the 28th. So I'm going to be diving super deep into that game. I'm really, really excited uh, to start playing that. I'm not a big MMO or MMORPG player, but this one has definitely piqued my interest. I've got a ton of friends that are going to be playing it. I've tried to do it before, but all my friends left me and I was lonely and I was like, ah, I'm good. Um, but uh, uh, this one, you know, I've got a ton of friends on a bunch of different servers. So I'm really, really excited to play it. But enough about us. We have a fabulous guest on today, Tara Mustafa, CEO and founder of Code Coven. I can't wait to talk about the organization. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. And how is your weekend? <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I got to spend a lot of time with family in Vancouver and didn't watch uh, any of the games. Uh, I watched my football team, Arsenal, um, nice. win in our North London derby, which was, you know, a big deal. Um, and then other than that, played a lot of Wild Rift. So that nice. was uh, my my weekend in a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate appreciate you coming on. We are we are excited to uh, talk Code Coven because you got to do an amazing things in the in the video game sectors and development and everything like that. So thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes, Lucas. What do we got on the docket for today, though? Let's get to some news. Well, we finally had a Nintendo Direct drop, and I mean, funnily enough, I think the biggest news was the Mario movie cast <laughs> which is, uh, I guess has proven to be quite controversial because uh, Chris Pratt is voicing Mario and I don't think the internet was really a fan of that <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. so look I mean <laughs> It can't be any worse than the first attempt at a Mario movie, right? <laughs> so, right, right. And it's animated. You can't go wrong with that. So, I mean, I think back to like Chris Pratt in the Lego movie. So maybe he's got some charm he can throw to this. It's it's an interesting choice. Um, a lot of strong comedians. I mean, I like, I kind of find it uh, amusing that Jack Black is going to voice Bowser in this movie. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, Charlie Rogan as Donkey Kong. Come on. Right? That's going to be hilarious. Right? Uh, <laughs> look, 
I hope this movie turns out well. It's it's as we all know, uh, the video game movie history has always been hit or miss. It seems like we've turned a corner in recent years, and hopefully that continues. But uh, Ryan, what do you think of this cast? Does this get you excited or worried? You know, I feel like from an acting standpoint, um, these are all professionals, you know, so that not only that, but what a, what a great series. You can't go wrong with Mario. I think that everybody it may seem from an outsider looking in that it's a, a bit of a weird combination for a cast. Uh, but again, like I'm saying, these these are all professionals. There's a lot of people that I'm excited. I love Charlie Je- Charlie Day. So seeing him as Luigi, I mean, that's fantastic. John Leguizamo will always be the real Luigi. However, I think Charlie Day is going to do amazing. You know, Jack, like you've got some big names. Uh, and, and like you were saying too, Lucas, they've really stepped up their game as far as productions in the video game into films. Uh, I feel like, you know, Sonic did really well. Uh, we had Pokemon. Um, I think this is going to be fantastic. I did think it was weird about the, the Chris Pratt thing. And I, I guess there's some weird, weird stuff out there uh, that like, is just more speculation about him. And it, it kind of sounded kind of like a, some cancel culture stuff. And that's where I didn't know people didn't like Chris Pratt. Like I love Chris Pratt. I thought, I, I, you know, I think he's hilarious. Uh, and he's always, you know, he's another one that's just a lot of fun to watch. So I, I think this is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. You can't go wrong with Mario and it's animated. So it's like, <laughs> take it easy, everybody. Take it easy. This is you know, just like, I, I hate the fact that people are so quick to judge and they've seen nothing about it. They know nothing about it. It's like, yo, Slow your roll, man. Let's see what this is all about. This, you know, this is, I I can't imagine that it's not going to be good. Is this something that's got you excited, Tara? Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, how how can I explain it? You know, the original Mario um, holds a special place in my heart, so I don't (laughs) think it can just be topped. Uh, but you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what has to happen with it. Um, I, Chris Pratt does not make any sense as Mario. I'm sorry. Unpopular statement. I'm just saying it right now. Though. <laughs> All he's got to do is nail the, it's me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be up for the role. It sounds like you're doing pretty good right there. <laughs> uh yeah it, it is it does seem weird but I, i'm excited to see what they do and and then you know it's also hard to being able to being that there's such well-known actors uh attached to this it's kind of hard just seeing them i think it'll be a completely different story once we actually see the animation and then their voices married with that stuff you know you'll be in the world we're not seeing them as humans so i i, I don't know I, i'm excited to see what they do regardless i think it'll be a fun film and i hope they they i hope it gets that blockbuster treatment that these other ones have gotten because i you know i i'm loving the fact that these video game films are really starting to you know they're paying more attention they realize that there's there's a lot and and a big audience within that sector. So I love the fact that Hollywood now is is giving them the appropriate treatment for this stuff. So we'll see how it is. There, I mean, there's all kinds of spicy news too uh, during during that direct. What else did they uh, uh, talk about, Lucas? <clears throat> yeah, we have a new Kirby game coming out, which I mean, mm. it looks interesting enough. It's funny, like. <laughs> 
the the world that that Kirby game is set in for some reason mm-hmm. gave me super Last of Us vibes. Like it looked like a, like this abandoned city with a bunch of like moss growing. It, uh, it was kind of weird. <laughs> but I've never mm-hmm. been like a huge Kirby fan. But this looks charming enough. Um, so I'm sure this one will be good. There's the Monster Hunter Rise expansion that's coming, mm-hmm. which does look pretty epic. Except I still have not spent that much time with Monster Monster Hunter Rise, and I know I need I to because I know that series rocks. Uh, you know, we got our first real look at Bayonetta 3, which I am excited for that one. Uh, I think Bayonetta is a very good series, and I'm hoping that it hits its uh, 2022 release uh, whenever that may come. And, uh, of course, you know, Splatoon 3 looks interesting. I was a big Splatoon mm-hmm. 2 fan for a while. I kind of tailed off, uh, but... It's a fun shooter. It's a fun, you know, Nintendo shooter uh, since they don't really have like the Call of Duties or anything on their platform. So that looks exciting to me. So those were some of the highlights for me. Of course, Metroid Dread's about to drop and I cannot wait for that game either. I just need some more looks at Metroid Prime. Where is that series? Come on, guys. (laughs) Give us something. I know. know. Dread's going to be that. That is a that is a day one for me. Uh, I've I've always love been been a fan of the of the metroid series so i'm just excited that we're getting something new within that within that series being able to go back and be samus and 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 be in that world is super exciting you know what's really got me pumped as well and this might just be me but i am a huge fan of the uh uh mario party series Uh i absolutely love those games those are great those are great like party games for you know, just hanging out and stuff like that. So we know that we're going to get uh, All-Star, Mario Party All-Star, which is going to bring back, uh, or Superstar, I'm sorry, uh, Mario Party Superstar. So that's going to be, uh, you know, saying in here on the screen, five boards from Nintendo 64 games. Um, we know it's going to be online play. So I think the online play will be even smoother instead of it being an addition like they did with this last one it's actually going to be built into the game off the top so hopefully they do well with that i'm really really pumped for that obviously we talked about dread bayonetta 3 i know people have been waiting for something for that for quite some time so that really you know that really made me it, it always makes me happy again i'm not i've never played any of that series i know it's a dope series but I know a lot of people were really pumped about that and Splatoon uh, 3 as well. I, I've, that's another one that I've never played, but I know that, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a, a solid fan base um, for, for Splatoon in that series. So, you know, all in all, I think they did. I mean, Nintendo does what Nintendo does and, and they give you things that you can only get on their system. They also talked about this and, and this one, I, I don't know how I feel about this per se, um, but they had talked about bringing this SNES, or I'm sorry, the N64 mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, Sega games to the platform, but it's going to be at a new membership uh, plan, essentially. I don't, I haven't, and I kind of did a little research, and I couldn't find exact numbers to what it's going to be for the plan. Uh, they put out the games. There's some fun games on there. I just have a hard time uh, being, I guess, justifying paying any extra to play old games that I've already played. Uh, you know, I think it's cool for the nostalgia reasons and things like that. Mario Kart 64, come on, dude. I smash <laughs> on people. Uh, Ocarina of Time, that's one of my favorite Zeldas. 
Echo the Dolphin, come on. Uh, but you know, again, there's nothing here that that really makes me say, hey, I absolutely need to get this out the gate. Now, as they build the library and we start seeing more from them, I think, you know, that might be something that I'll take a look at. Or even if I wanted to go back and and maybe play some of these games with my daughter, uh, I, I would think that that would be a reason why I'd go back. But um, I don't know that it kind of feels a little cash grabby to me. Cause then you can get the, the, the controllers for like 59 bucks. They're wireless. They'll, they'll work with it. And they even got the OG uh, Sega Genesis controller with three buttons, not six buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck street fighter. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I thought overall it, it was a good direct and, and it was pretty solid. Tara, is there anything on there that's got you excited or, or any of those um, uh, IPs that, that you're a fan of? You know what? This is the, I'm actually catching up on the direct now. So thank you for uh, catching yes. me up on that because that's pretty <laughs> wild. Um, yeah, no, I think big strong love for um, Bayonetta, um, of course, and New yes. Samus. Mm-hmm. Equally, like I love the nostalgia of the old games, but do I really want to go? I mean, my backlog of games is so big right now. Like, do I really right. want to go back and play them? And I think maybe one of the big games I would love to see again is this old game called, I think it was Road Rash. Yes. Um, is it, yeah, the, <laughs> that was a great game. That would be the one I'd want to see him play. Um, but yeah, I just I I wasn't that um, blown away by that. Um, maybe if you know what I would also love to see is some of those games that I imported as a kid that I couldn't get freely that I don't see being promoted um, now that were more of the rare finds. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, with the Monster Hunter, did you ever see the Monster Hunter movie? I still haven't watched it. I don't really. You know, that movie, I just, I, I think, I feel like I already know what to expect before going into it. And like, I, you know, it's like, and that's fine. That's, you know, that's, I should, I should check it out. You know what, which Monster Hunter, there was a, uh, there's a there was a, uh, I, I don't know if it was a limited series or a, I think it was a movie uh, on Netflix. It was an animated Monster Hunter movie. I can't remember the name of it, but that was really good. Oh, I didn't check that out. I've got to mm-hmm. check that out for sure. Yeah. Monster yeah. Hunter's always been like one of the top ones on my list that I want to dedicate time to. Mm-hmm. But the only time that I've gone into it is downloading it and then <laughs> I've been walking away. <laughs> so, so maybe I should take a holiday and yeah, really get stuck in on that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the reason why I have not watched that Monster Hunter movie is because I really dislike the Resident Evil movie series. And I <gasps> just don't see that creative team like, changing the level of quality all of a sudden with with monster hunter and uh, okay okay see now i'm gonna i gotta stop myself from going in on a rant here <laughs> I, think, I think the resident evil movie series ranges from okay to like just downright laughably bad and like <laughs> i just don't know i just cannot bring myself to watch monster hunter even the first resident evil movie come on that one was great I think the- See, I thought that one was I, I thought that one was solid as well as somebody. And but this is somebody that hasn't I haven't really played any of the games. So like I know the general story, but I, I imagine if I was deep in the lore of the games that the movies might be a little upsetting to me because I think they're they're very different from what the actual game in a series and all that stuff uh, is other than, you know, some of those the big plot points Um and then they just as they, I didn't even realize they made so many of them. I was like, holy! I was like, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know there was that many. 
Uh, but those those to me, too, I feel like are just movies that you don't have to really put a lot of thought into. You could just <laughs> sit back and have fun with them. So it's like, you know, knowing that I don't have a problem with them. So it's like I don't have like a, a disdain for them or anything like that. And I will. I will eventually watch the Monster Monster Hunter movie. I just haven't had, you know, just been like, you know what? I think I'm going to, uh, you know, I've got some time. I'm going to dedicate it to that. I've been I've been watching like Ted Lasso and stuff like that, which is absolutely fabulous show. I haven't watched the series finale yet, though. So, <laughs> wait, what was that? Oh, I said I haven't watched the season finale yet, though. So, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm still, I'm still towards the beginning of season two. Yeah, I will give the Resident Evil series that. I think the first run and <clears throat> Apocalypse were all right, and I think like after the one set in the desert, like I think that's when the wheels came off for me, and I just, just. Uh, the stupid thing was because I had watched all those movies, I kept watching them in theaters, just like wishing something would change. And I was just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm their perfect customer still. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I, I did want to talk about just kind of shifting gears real quick. Uh, Lucas had hooked me up with the, the key for in sound mind and with it being spoopy season and whatnot, I am definitely going to be playing it. It's a psychological thriller. It actually comes out uh, tomorrow uh, on sale on steam. And I think it, this so far, and, and again, this is still very early for me game wise. And I also had issues. So I'm at to go back and, and do some re-recording and, and basically start over. But like my, I had to reset my controller, my controller was doing all kinds of drift and like buttons weren't inputting correctly. So I had a heck of a time so far though. I have been enjoying the story. Um, it's, it's, it's weird and I'm not hundred percent. Again, I'm only about an hour deep into it. So I'm only now starting to uncover the mysteries. And if you know anything about me, I do, I am not a horror game player. Uh, <laughs> I don't like them. They make me feel weird. I, I don't like freaking out like that. Um, but I am, I'm enjoying this and, and I'm hoping with this being more of a uh, psychological thriller that it, uh, uh, you know, it's not like about all the, the scares and things like that. So I am enjoying the story. And uh, yeah, you could you could check this game out here on the 28th. I'm playing it on uh, PlayStation 5 is is what I'm playing it on. But it's also on PC, like I was saying. It's on Steam. I can't remember exactly what the price pricing wise, uh, what it looks like on Steam. I think it's, uh, let's see. I've got the Steam page up here now. Uh, I don't see it. I don't I don't know how much it is, but you can add it to your wish list. So there you go. But uh, yeah, if this is something that you're interested in, if you do like scary games or psychological games, uh, especially with it, we're right around the corner from October. Uh, this is a game that that we'll see and and check. Make sure you guys check the uh, YouTube channel as well, because I will be uh, putting my playthrough and uploading the playthrough up on the channel so i don't know what do you, you, are you do you guys uh enjoy scary games what are your thoughts that's a big huge note from me <laughs> <laughs> nope 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 thank you <laughs> no once i ended up playing a scare i you know you, you're compelled to find out what happens in the scary games especially when they're psychological thrillers mm -hmm. and what i'd have to do is get my younger brother to like control the mouse while i was on the wasd so i didn't have to look and we'd just be like playing co-op <laughs> to alleviate any kind of stress. You 
Yeah, I, I like horror games, but I like hate playing them at the same time. Like I like way back when when that PT demo came out on, on the PS4, I yeah. had to be like on the phone with my girlfriend just being like, look, I'm about to turn the corner and I think I'm about to die. Like, I'm like so <laughs> you're in this with me, <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. But it looks interesting. I feel that. Like this game does look interesting and, and uh I hope I hope the reception's good and and uh, looks like it might be a good Halloween season game. Yeah, and it's always fun getting stuff like this around this time of year. I know, you know, a lot of uh, streamer friends that I have uh, would definitely be interested in playing something like this because it seems like so far, and as the story's kind of unfolding a little bit, it's definitely an interesting story. You're kind of fig- trying to figure out what exactly is going on. You just woke up in this basement. And and I know that it has something to do with a pharmaceutical company and like everything outside is there's like a huge everything's flooded. So we're just kind of trying to un- unwrap these layers. I see I saw this creepy character thing looking at me around the corner. It, it freaked me out. Like my anxiety was was way up there. <laughs> I, I asked that my daughter if she wanted to sit next to me while I played. <laughs> <laughs> If you like spooky games, though, check this out. This comes out uh, tomorrow, September 28th. Uh, you can find it on Steam, uh, PlayStation 5, I'm sure Xbox, and, and other devices as well. So, um, uh, yeah, check it out. It, it is it is pretty solid. You, you've got a game that, that you're getting on as well, which I know a lot of people are fans of. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm going through Diablo 2 Resurrected, and... Uh, I'm I have not finished that game, so uh, I, I can't really give like a final verdict or anything like that. I will say this: I'm a little torn on this one. Like the the visual upgrades to this game are amazing. Like it really adds to the atmosphere to see like the cutscenes uh, with just modern cutscenes modernized. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the combat. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think the combat has been updated at all. And Mm. that's where the age of this game really shows. And I wish, I really do wish they would have put some more time into that aspect of it. I think, I think what's, what's working against it too, is we've seen so many amazing remakes, uh, like, Mm -hmm. like mass effect, you know, uh, as, as you know, the, the recent one that comes to mind, uh, what they've done with the resident evil series that, like it's hard not to feel a little disappointed so far that they didn't go like all the way which maybe isn't even fair to the team but i just i just wish they would have polished all of it a little bit more more than the visuals and i i think that there's there's aspects to how diablo 2 played that in the context of a modern video game world are not nearly as much fun as they were when i played this way back when <laughs> so we'll see we'll see like i said I'm, I'm still not done with the game um yeah it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me though overall is this something that you have you ever played any of the uh diablo series tara uh, i dabbled in it a little bit but i never really got stuck in there are other kind of games in that genre which i got more um more sort of addicted to or involved with but i mean i know it has you know somebody who'd like been to blizzcon so many times and i know it has such a huge following and yeah i mean it's, it is really classic but i think it like like lucas said 
missed opportunity to update those kind of gameplay elements that would have really modernized it, you know? Yeah. And this is, you know, and, and speaking, you know, from my own behalf, I've never played any of the series. I've had a ton of friends be like, oh, you've got to play it. You know, they're amazing. They're hard. Uh, you know, this and that. And, you know, this... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this, I think this is a game that if I ever got around to it, I, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. But kind of like you're saying, my backlog is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so if I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to make time for a game, it's got to be a game that I'm really excited to play. And I mean, we were talking about the, the games that are coming out in October uh, already. It's like, there's no way that, you know, and it's, it's kind of, this is, where I guess kind of with the, with the Nintendo thing too, is like, I just don't have this, this, I don't really want to play these games that have already been out or I've played before or whatever. It's like, I want new IPs. I want new, new things. I want to be able to take advantage of these upgrades for the consoles, for the PCs, everything that's coming. And I don't know, it feels really, it, it feels a lot like there's just been this big, like, remake and remaster kick we were, we were talking about the possibility of last of us were they talking about last of us 2 being remade or what was it uh not last of us 2 i'm sorry or no. was it doing another last of us remake right? yeah yeah so yeah the, the, the rumor was a, a remaster not a remake <laughs> right right a remaster Get your terminology hey, right like, you got remasters you got remakes i'm like what, what like i don't i don't know like is it just like tell me like i yeah. I, I don't know I, I know but i know that i've got a lot of friends that are enjoying this, that are playing it. Eh, if I get around to it, I mean, it looks it looks cool, and and it definitely is an upgrade from where it was. But it is kind of disappointing finding out that the combat is exactly the same, uh, you know, and and it does feel like there's some missed opportunities in those respects that they could have gone and and done things with. We also know too that right now Blizzard, Activision are are completely immersed in lawsuits and and all kinds of of you know that stuff is is blowing up in itself so it it for me and 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 i was talking about this the other day i'm kind of uh i'm so conflicted uh uh by that whole situation and and everything as a company but i also know that there's a lot of good people artists designers that had nothing to do with any of that stuff so it it really sucks to to feel that it's not getting uh the attention possibly that it could uh just because it's it's all kind of lumped in with that other stuff so it, it it's challenging it's challenging uh what's going on uh with all that stuff but We'll see. I, I think people that are going to enjoy that game, that have enjoyed that game before, are, are, are going to enjoy it. And then, you know, I, I personally, as someone that hasn't played the series, I don't know that I am going to go out of my way to get that game. It's just not, it doesn't look like it's going to be in the cards for me. If I have the opportunity at some point in time, or there's something that convinces me later on to be like, you know what? I need to go ahead and pick it up and play it. Maybe I'll do it. But uh, right now I'm just like, meh, there's just too much other good stuff out. (laughs) Here's a question for you. Yes. Um, With all these remasters that are coming out now, like I I picked up the Mass Effect one because I have a huge, huge place in my heart for Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to be great. I have the opportunity to, you know, explore different options and things like that. But I found myself 
replaying and making the exact same choices. And I don't know if it's just because my mm. love of Garrus is that strong, <laughs> but maybe it's time to try something new, you know? Um, do you find yourself doing the same thing or like just repeating those steps or do you actually push yourself to do something that you didn't want to do the first time around? I'm going to, I'm going to, cause this is my first playthrough of it. Cause I have it as well. And this is actually my first playthrough of it. I am absolutely loving it. I, I finished the first one and I'm ready to move on to the second one. Um, but you know, it, it's funny that you say that too. And I, I'll let, uh, I'll let Lucas speak on it here in a second, but I, I think it's interesting. Cause I, you know, you find yourself, you're, you're able to make these decisions and I always seem to go the more compassionate route rather than than just being brutal which i feel would be the opposite of me in real life and even though it's a video game i still tend to lean towards the decisions that i would really make in real life because you know again when i'm playing a game i kind of put myself into the game so i, I think that's why i i lean that way yeah it, it's it's funny i <laughs> i have to force myself to make different decisions uh it it i'm like ryan said i put myself into these characters i remember way back when playing uh infamous where you could go good or bad and it just feeling like wrong to me to, to, to do the bad choices even though it's just a game and like like part of the fun is mixing that up uh so i do fall back into the trap of like having the same justification in my head to make the same decisions and then i get done and go oh i just played the same story like i'm like well <laughs> that kind of, okay well all right so i actually have to consciously think about that and be like no wait wait you did this last time do something else <laughs> even though it's hard it's harder for me i still fall back into it so i don't know it's it feels wrong to not make the choices i would normally make <laughs> right you know, a game that does a good job of, of kind of making you choose different options is Detroit Become Human. Uh, I've only done one playthrough of it, but I want to go back and do another playthrough and do and make different choices because I feel like making the different choices, it really it continues to unfold the story. You start seeing things from a different perspective, and I feel like that one is a little more re well it would be more rewarding for me uh to do that so i suppose it would be the same uh in those respects if you, you if you played and went through the original mass effect uh trilogy and then you're going back and playing the uh the remakes um that it would you know it, you would be compelled but at the same time i don't know i, I feel like it's also a very different game so maybe not, you know, maybe you don't. Cause I know there's one point where you're, you're, you're choosing between so-and-so's life and so and another person. And of course I went with the love interest. Uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, I gotta do it. <laughs> a romantic so, heart. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I was like, ah, that's probably what I do in real life. I'm sorry. I love you. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. And it always reminds me the game that that absolutely crushed me was Telltale's of the Walking Dead because all those mm. decisions were on timers and I had to just be sitting there going I'm like I don't know I'm like oh no mm -hmm. <laughs> like that game still mm -hmm. crushed me <laughs> yeah yeah it's I, I do like that that you're that we have that ability uh, and they make games where it's almost like a choose your adventure your own adventure uh, style uh, which is. I mean, it's such a fun game mechanic. Uh, and again, we're, we were talking last week about uh, uh, Deathloop and how much fun I'm having with that game and just kind of unfolding the story and seeing what's going on with that. So I always have a great appreciation for the for stories and, and everything 
uh, with that. So we'll see. I, I know a lot of my friends though are enjoying Diablo 2 Resurrected. They've been waiting for it. They've been they've been super hyped on it. So I'm you know I'm I'm glad for those that that are enjoying it and people that are able to enjoy it, at least with the the upgraded graphics and and getting that because that's got to feel pretty good. But at the same time, I feel like they're sounds like there's some opportunities that may have been missed but again i don't know what's going on in the behind the scenes where it's been a heck of a year and a half so all kinds of challenges and things that people had to do so maybe they did have plans and and you know things got changed and they just had to go what was going to work what was going to work best uh within the time frame that they could so uh good on them diablo diablo fans Yay for you guys. Let's take a quick commercial break. Then we're coming back, talking with Tara. Everything Code Coven. We'll be right back, guys. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the show. And Code Coven is such an amazing organization Tara, take us back to the beginning. How did you get started with this? And for people who are unfamiliar, you know, what what is the mission of Code Covenant? Yeah, so, um, well, first off, thank you very much for having me and giving us this opportunity. But uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. So just to, you know, overview, Code Covenant is basically the first uh, global games accelerator for marginalized, underrepresented developers. And we kind of have like three different tiers. We've been teaching remote boot camps for underrepresented devs since 2018 and have accredited work experience program and you know where all of our courses are remote and in 2020 we launched our incubators um so you know my mission is just to bring equity to the games industry because uh i've been uh, a game designer for about 17 over 17 years now <laughs> um and my experience has taken me from like triple a to free to play mobile you know and the whole breadth of uh, game development in that time and one thing I always realized is as a, a underrepresented person, a woman of color, there hasn't been that much representation throughout the career paths in the games industry. And it's such a missed opportunity for developers, you know, to have their stories told and their authenticity brought to the table. So I started Code Coven with just the idea of, you know, if I can remove these barriers, 
um, you know, we can make this possible. And it's just started bit by bit with little boot camps and little remote courses to where we're at now. So it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah. When you first started it and, you know, you first made the decision that you wanted to go on this journey and, you know, start to break down some of these barriers. What were those initial challenges? Like, did you did you have this grand game plan in mind or did it kind of start to change and evolve as you saw what was working best and where you saw the uh, biggest needs? Yeah, it definitely uh, evolved over time. Um, When I first started Code Coven, I was still, uh, you know, working primarily as a developer. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is that there were so many boot camps out there to learn technical skills. But what was missing were the courses that were giving sort of the soft skills, the the community, that kind of um, experience. And uh, for a lot of people to also in our industry take that time away from work or dedicate some time to external studies, they needed to get some sort of um, recognition back. And that's why we you know, were able to give like game credits uh, for helping developers work on actual titles that are in development. So we're helping A, the developers get to market quicker, but also giving them work experience and that training. Um, it just seemed like that was the natural progression to be able to make it worthwhile. And then, um, you know, we were sort of starting slow with that usual kind of like pilot programs to kind of get a feel for where people's heads were at, what kind of time they could give. And when the pandemic hit, me and my uh, head of curriculum, Francesca Carletto Leon, who's an amazing developer in her own right, um, and Carla Reyes, who's our head of business development, were just like, there are so many people who are getting their in-person internships canceled. Mm-hmm. Um and usually, you know, with these universities, they, uh, you know, match the stipends that are getting paid. And for a lot of these marginalized developers during the pandemic, canceling that that opportunity meant that they had to go home. And sometimes home wasn't a safe space for them, which is, you know, just really like gives me chills to think about. And so my team were just like, you know what, we can raise money to uh, get stipends and give them the remote training because that's what we do anyway. You know, let's just do it to it. And like in six weeks, we were able to just like really move quickly, provide the what you know we call the summer program now, which is for sort of uh, you know university entry level devs. And then on top of it, you know, we knew the Black Lives Matter movement was happening. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the statistics, that I think it um, it was three percent last year. Now it's two percent of um, the global games industry uh, development uh, population are black. Mm-hmm. And it went down from 3% to 2%. That mm-hmm. just doesn't make any sense. No. Um, so we were able to really, like, again, move quickly and start opening these um, uh, BIPOC, BAME, so it's Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, depending on, uh, you know, where you're uh, 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 referencing, uh, scholarships for underrepresented developers to come and take these intro to game making classes. And it was also, like, the kindness of sponsors and community that we were able to do that. But... Um, yeah, since then, we've had over 200 people come through our programs um, and start their development dur- uh, careers or, you know, develop their own studios and things like that. So it's been um, it, it started slow and it got <laughs> it accelerated real fast. So it's been really great. I feel like, yeah, and it's such an important tool uh, being able to educate uh gamers that are from uh, under under marginalized uh, groups 
and to be able to really get into an environment that they're working, not only are you learning professional conduct, uh, you know, you're saying that you're actually work, they're working on games and things of that nature. If somebody were looking to get into this, if this is something that they're interested in, do they need uh, prior knowledge of this stuff? Is this something that they can jump into? And what does a typical uh, course look like? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, yeah, so for our intro to game making courses, um, you don't need any prior experience, just a love of games. You know, and and that and what we look for in the people who are part of these courses is the desire to have a career in games, to take or to be able to take the idea of games, because games has is such a powerful medium for telling stories. It doesn't have to be, be the necessarily like the idea of games that we know now. Mm -hmm. um, there's really powerful things that you can create as an art form and. We want to, you know, engage with people who have that kind of passion. And so for our intro to game making, it's an eight week program. Um, we run two currently two different classes, one that were, um, runs from six to eight p.m. Uh, BST and another one, another cohort that runs six to eight p.m. Uh, EST. And you can join, of course, from anywhere in the world. Um, it just as long as those times work for you. And we purposely keep the cohort really, really small. So there's 13 people because we lean into that kind of common ideology mm -hmm. um, per class. And they're supported by, you know, our wonderful teachers, us as the Code Coven team, and of course, the, like our alumni and our community. And they are take, they, you know, they learn um, sort of intro to Unity right now and go and create three or four different playable prototypes or games over the course of those eight weeks. And it's like three nights a week, two nights of lectures, one of guest lectures from impressive, wonderful people in the industry who represent um, you know, what it is to be a successful marginalized developer. Um, and they talk about their craft rather than necessarily their marginalization. You know? mm -hmm. So they talk about mm -hmm. their skills and specialty um, to really give that sort of role model um, ideal. Um, and then we have, of course, the summer program, which has just been in the second iteration. We just completed with our partners at Facebook Gaming, which is for the more university level or you know degree state of um, developers. And we take them through. We we take people from all over the world, never met before, throw them into teams together. <laughs> um, we had five teams, uh, four teams participate um, this 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 round. And they um, have gone on to create these amazing games, which we you know, want to go ahead and publish. And even last year, we published uh, one game called Detours, which was um, a narrative a road trip uh, between two exes across the country. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it was really great to be able to see those games come to life. Um, yeah. And then further to that, like we've been busy, so I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but no, you're fine. we're looking at fixing the pipeline at all stages. Um, like we even did a program that was helping uh, established developers uh, get to that prototype phase where they could secure funding because so little funding is given to underrepresented developers that we want to be able to unlock that door as well and just push for that. So every stage we got you. <laughs> you know? 
I love that. And and that's something too. people that are already established. Is that something that they can do? Is there a way to reach out and and maybe help mentor or, you know, are you guys looking as far as uh, Code Coven just to expand and and bring more people in? Always. Thank you. Yeah, we love having more um, views and we always like to keep things fresh. So we're always looking for mentors um, and, you know, you can apply through our mentor notion page. Um, and our mentorship programs are always designed to also just take in mind um, your uh, your availability. Like we have opportunities where if you can come in and give us, you know, an hour and a half of your time to do a guest lecture, that is so valuable. Or if you can be part of one of our longer term programs where you're matched for eight weeks with one of the uh, students and really get that one on one time, then, you know, we welcome that. So it's really about people's availability, but it's, uh, you know, through the generosity of their time and expertise that, um, uh, you know, we appreciate uh, their input. So, yeah, we've got a great Notion page. We've got a great Asama talking about what it means to be a great mentor as part of our Mo Modern Magics uh, conference last year. Um, so there's lots of opportunities to get involved. You know, it, it's, it's, an, it's interesting because the gaming industry is like, I feel like to a lot of people, it's it's so intimidating to to take those first steps, and like it's it's not we're not at that point yet where there's very clear paths for people to start, right? I think a lot of times people are kind of stumbling in the dark trying to figure out, you know, I love games, I want a career in gaming development somehow, but I have no idea where to go. So when when you started to to come up with these courses, like what was key into the message that you want people to, to understand that, you know, if you love games, that there's a way into this that isn't as intimidating as you might think. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's so true. I, you have to kind of, I, I took the approach of like demystifying it. I mean, when I started in the industry, I remember I went to um, a very first uh, class of Vancouver Film School, and this is like 20 years ago now. Um, and I remember people teaching me there were some of the first hires that were ever made at EA, for example. Mm -hmm. And their story of getting into the industry was that they happened to be working at EB, EB Games, when, mm. you know, some CEO, the CEO of EA at the time walked in and he's like, oh, you know about games, come work with us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and the industry, of course, has changed now. We're seeing a lot of uh, colleges and schools being able to acknowledge that, um, you know, uh, games is a viable career option. And, um, I think for us, it was also like demystifying the idea that um, games are just all of these shooters and they're violent and educating people who, um, you know, were interested in narrative and story and craft and uh, emotion and, and this new media form that this is a great way of using it, uh, using games. And then also to those people, because, you know, there's one of the things that I think I can thank my love of games um, for is that my dad was such an early adopter when it came to tech. Um, and he was mm -hmm. always fiddling with things. And the controller was never an intimidating thing to me because I was always, you know, like over his shoulder and he would always let me, um, you know, get involved. And I don't think that's the case for a lot of people out there. So if we can, um, you know, just unlock that passion of this is this is what you want to do. And we just want to make that vision happen for you. Um mm -hmm you know, this is how we can do it. And we provide that safe environment because unfortunately, as you alluded to earlier, the games industry is also known for such toxicity. Mm -hmm. So if we can say, well, this is a place where you belong, you will be heard, you will be seen. 
um, and you will get that one-to-one connection and also that like-minded community, anything's possible. When you look at the industry, and uh, I'll even stretch this to the entertainment industry uh, even more broadly, they tend to not be quick with representation. They tend to, you know, to, to... take their time, I guess, in telling diverse stories. Uh, you know, the example that, that I think uh, everybody would understand is like even in, in Marvel, it took, you know, 10 years for Black Panther to come out. And then, you know, it took years and years for Shang-Chi to come out before we're finally seeing like diverse stories being told. Do you see the industry making real and significant steps toward being more welcoming to telling diverse stories? And what needs to change to really kind of propel that to you know, uh, just a just a basic point that we we should be at in in, you know, in 2021 for goodness sake. <laughs> Here, unpopular unpopular opinions coming in. Let me just get my soapbox <laughs> ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think the beauty of the games industry is that we can move so quickly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more quickly, I think, than the film industry and TV and all of that. Um, and I think we have to hold. Um, our leaders, our industry leaders accountable. Um, And I see there's been a lot of sort of uh, efforts made to be more, uh, to recognize more diversity in a lot of the content that we're seeing promoted in a lot of the conferences now and from the the major studios. Um, But we need to push that further so that it is beyond performative. which I know is controversial. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of the time when I look at studios, um, there's, a, there's a couple of big problems. And that is one, as I said earlier, the funding isn't going to diverse um, teams. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, uh, and, and especially after the pandemic, even less fun- VC funding is going to marginalized people. Uh, it's like something like under 5%. Mm. which is exactly how big i mean it's not even close to 50 percent, right right so 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 much so so much distance to cover and then when we look at leadership teams across all of these game studios um and who's making those decision make decisions there are very few marginalized people in those positions of power and a lot of those times those studios will go well it's because there isn't enough um people who are qualified um who are marginalized that we can promote and that's also because people are being churned out of the industry on average about after five years mm-hmm. because of the sort of microaggressions and the, uh, you know, the toxicity and the work-life balance and all of these things that are, um, you know, the intersectionality of all of these, um, these issues. So those things need to be fixed and those companies need to hold that accountable and take the time to invest in their staff and their teams like that. And what you will actually find is a lot of, you know, those business studies see a marked um, increase in profitability if they actually hire diverse leadership. And once you have that diverse leadership, I think all these doors will unlock because you've got that kind of representation. And to that, we have to look greater, you know, bigger than sort of the EU, North America and, you know, the, those big, uh, the big countries, the industry leaders right. and see there is such an opportunity for greater stories to be told from around the world. Um, and opening those doors for them. Yeah. I mean, I think what's always been tough for me is like, like we all love this industry, obviously, and that's why we're so passionate about it and, and try our best to support it. When, when you see some of the scandals come out, you know, and, and like, they're so gut wrenching to, to see. And, and, you know, you, 
is there ever a part of you that like is in the wanting to throw your hands up and go really like we're still we're still here like we're still dealing with this stuff like like and and in terms of holding companies accountable like that that is always an ongoing discussion right how do you actually hold them accountable how do you make sure you know from from everybody else's side that when they say we've learned our lesson it won't happen again you know how do you hold their feet to the fire on that like have is that is that something that you guys have have talked about discussed or, or you know have have come up with ideas that maybe actually push progress yeah um oh my goodness <laughs> the conversations that happen right around that and <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs> yeah. um and and also tired of just being disappointed like like you said uh, earlier you know the activision blizzard thing just absolutely you know broke my heart but at the same time didn't surprise me in a way you know mm-hmm. I've, I've been in this industry like i said for 17 years i'm not shocked mm-hmm. um and i think you know, we always have to give, because uh, I also don't believe in cancel culture, but mm-hmm. I do believe in always giving people the opportunity to do better. And, you know, you just want to see that one step that leads to two steps that leads to three. And for us, you know, we uh, at Code Coven, everybody who's part of our um, programs, whether it's mentors, um, sponsors, uh, students, teachers, whoever is part of our Slack and our Discord, they have to be. Um, they have to sign a code of conduct and we hold Mm. them accountable to that. And, you know, the code of conduct is always up for debate, for example. Um, But it puts that process in place to be able to say, you know, are you measuring yourself against that? And, you know, what I love to see is there are some studios out there that um, make their efforts in these spaces super transparent Mm. um, Mm -hmm. and they post them publicly. And, and that's almost putting out their accountability there. Um, I see some game studios saying we're not going to close this position um, in their job postings mm-hmm. until we have um, uh, representative diversity, um, equal equal diversity in the applicants, mm-hmm. which you know is is sort of an incentive to you know the sort of heteronormative white cis men who apply to maybe recommend somebody <laughs> who doesn't quite look or fit like them for the role as well. You know, so this is the thing as game designers, as the games industry. We are so used to adapting and breaking systems and redesigning things and using different interfaces. Like, we can fix this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? We know how to have your objectives and your achievements and your quest log and your carrot on a stick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and those reward loops. So, I mean, that's how we approach everything that we build at Code Coven. And all the people that we talk to, all the sponsors, you know, we offer to do them, to do audits for them at, on their their uh, their leadership teams or their company practices to be able to give them that feedback because I think the first thing that we recommend all companies do is just look at every tier um, of of seniority in your in your studio or your disciplines and go what is that visible and I'm just talking about the visible representation here you mm-hmm. know there's there's invisible as well you know um, and and see if that's the kind of um, that's the kind of system, the studio that you want. And if not, then how do you, how are you going to fix it? What needs to change? Um, and it all starts with that awareness, I think. Yeah. And I love, I love that there's, that there are programs and, and organizations like Code Coven. I know that's something that my daughter has shown interest in is, is game development and kind of going through some of that. I've, you know, gotten some courses and, and we're kind of learning, learning together, uh, which is, which is really fun. But 
I love the fact that, you know, if there's something that's out there that nobody is addressing to be able to go pick it up and say, you know what, this is something that needs to be addressed. I'm going to create something that then, it, you know, that will fill this need. And of course, we all know that it's not just one single person that does it. It takes a team of people to create something like this that are dedicating their time and energy to help educate and and grow and and really create these spaces where you know people are then able to go and learn get real world and real life experiences uh tara let me ask you what is what would you say i guess you know i know that you guys are three years deep you guys started in 2018 what are your what are your long-term goals for the organization where would you like it like to see uh, it go? And what are some other areas that you feel that you would still like to address uh, within Code Coven? (laughs) Um, Oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, the only thing that we're limited by right now, I think, is uh, that I can't clone my entire team. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it, though. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think... um, we want to just keep on unlocking doors and breaking down those boundaries. And we, we've often said that we're not going to stop until we see equity um, in mm-hmm. the games industry. And, you know, just to put sort of an idea behind that, as I said earlier, you know, 2% of the games industry um, are black. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's 20% are women or identify as female. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done. So I don't think we're going to be out of work anytime soon. <laughs> um, but, you know, for us, it's, it's really just like, yeah, unlocking the, be able, uh, the ability to bring people funds, to make those connections, to keep on um, building up the skills and talents, to put all of our alumni in, you know, leadership roles or set them on that path. Um, because once they do that, you know, in five, ten years, we'll, we'll, we'll see the impact. And I think um, there's a quote, which I think even uh, I, I probably got from Lucas about like a rising tide raises all mm. boats, you know. So it's really about banding together and doing that. And we've got some exciting stuff going on. We just completed a Safe Spaces Game Jam with the UN Women, which explores what it means to have a safe space in, you know, the physical world versus the virtual world and the different ways that that's perceived. And we've got a couple of other game jams coming up that um, sort of challenge and brings um, the experiences of game mechanics to larger world issues and world topics. Um, and for us also being able to expand to, to, to more regions and be able to help out there and bring those voices um, to light is, is uh, again, super important. And uh, yeah, we've got um, our Scream stream also coming up for Halloween. So maybe we'll get a scary game going on for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why we signed up for that, though, because we all hate horror games. We're all terrified, you know? <laughs> It's just going to be like one screen and we're sitting there going, you, you move, somebody move. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to look. So that might be the most entertaining thing we do all year. Um, But yeah, we've got another IGM coming up and then, you know, hopefully we'll get to the point where we're just doing, I mean, you name it, we'll do it. Publishing, in-house development. What else could we do? This, I feel like this, the sky really is the limit. And 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 real quickly too, tell us what kind of as far as I, I know that you guys are are you know funding and getting funding for scholarships and things of that nature. What would one have to do to go about applying for scholarships? What type of scholarships do you guys have? Yeah, um, we always do a, a shout for um, scholarships uh, for a Bayman BIPOC 
community um, every time we offer a program. Um, so usually the uh, window uh, opens up a, about a month before, um, and we're looking at changing that. But for our applications, yeah, we just, you know, there's there's a full scholarship or there's a half scholarship. So it depends on, we really want to make it work for the people in our community who have a love for games and uh, have a love for uh, have a dream and they want to want to see that come true. So in our applications, I mean, we even do our best from our applications to kind of de decolonize them mm -hmm. um, and make them true and uh, tie into what people are really passionate about. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've seen so many application forms and I read them. I'm like, I feel like this is just a gotcha kind of thing where you're yep. trying to catch me out. And mm -hmm. like that isn't fair. Um, and especially when we talk to people who haven't necessarily had the opportunities, um, you know, and who these scholarships are for and who, you know, English isn't necessarily their first language or they don't have the strongest skills. You know, we have video applications and written applications. And what matters is what you want to do, you know, your dream and making that happen. Um, so uh, we just closed, unfortunately, our um, most recent scholarship application period. But we do still have seats available for um, uh, our IGM crystal course, I want to say our 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. VST uh, class, we still have spots available. So, you know, even if, if the scholarships are closed and people want to apply, just feel free to, you know, email us and, and let us know. Um, uh, but yeah, seats are still available for that. And then again, we'll be doing summer program hopefully again next year, um, as well as some other programs that are built to just help solve problems and unlock those barriers. So keep an eye on our Twitter, because that's always where we announce um, that information. Um, and yeah, I think that's uh, the summary of it. You know, when, when you think back, obviously you've had a, a, a long and distinguished career in gaming already, but how much of a, a game changer would this have been if this had been available when you were just starting? Like how much would that have changed your track or... or helped you get off to a quicker start or, or inspire you more? I think it would have helped me find my voice earlier. I think I went through, and I think you'll hear a lot about um, a lot of this uh, from people who identify as a marginalized gender of, you know, trying to find your voice and putting on sort of that, for me, like that dude voice, you know, mm -hmm. and expressing <laughs> myself in a certain way, which then, you know, gets labeled as like bossy or whatever. Um, um, so it would have helped to unravel that and also you know that feeling of never quite belonging in the games industry because I always had to prove myself by oh this is my gamer score this is my chief score right. this is the games I play I'm a core gamer mm. um and just inherently feeling like I belong um so I think that would have accelerated because otherwise you're always feeling undermined and you know as a designer you're always bringing ideas to the table, right? Or you're trying to, and you're trying to make things happen. So when you're feeling constantly undermined through those microaggressions, mm -hmm. um, it can really, um, I feel like, say, say you, I mean, I've had a great career. I've had mm -hmm. a great time so far. Um, and I've loved that I've been able to start Code Cup and so don't get me wrong, but that's what we're trying to do is just accelerate that part so no, nobody else has to go through that. Um, and I remember the first year I was in professional game development, sitting at my desk and crying because I was the only um, person who identified as female on my development team, on my design mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. And I emailed my uh, previous course director from the program that I just finished. And I'm like, is there just a woman that I can talk to is the language I was using then? Because I just need somebody to talk to who has the same lived experience. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and he had to take a couple of days to go and find me one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, um, so, yeah, mm. hopefully, you know, you ask now, you come to Code Coven, you don't have any problems finding somebody yeah. who's uh, more representative, you know, uh, to give you that support. And I know you don't do this for, for personal recognition or anything, but I have to bring this up because since you are a fellow member of the Game Awards feature class, Take me back to when you found out about that. And like, what what was that whole feeling like? <laughs> um, it's wild. I still kind of don't believe it. I mean, what? <laughs> was, yeah, like, um, I thought there was absolutely no chance. I don't even know if I don't even know how it happened, really. But just like just getting that award, and then you know, of course, Jeff is such a legend. Um, mm you know, sort of getting that recognition and then be, you know, getting that feature, of course, and then seeing all of these incredible people being, you know, including yourself acknowledged and being part of that list was just absolutely mind blowing. I still don't even know how we're there or how I'm there. I keep on saying we, because I'm just code coven at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, you know, it was one of those like proud moments where I'm like, look, Ma, look what I've done. And then she's like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Did you, did you know, like, did, did you know that, that you were nominated? No, I don't think I did. I don't know what I had for breakfast though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you know you were nominated? I kind of had an idea. Like, like I, I got a hint as, as, uh, as uh, it was going on. Like I never knew for sure, but I, I just, People were like right. nudging, so I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "I don't know what that is, but sure." Like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, "Yeah, no, yeah." Uh, when when you see people, you know, from from such varied backgrounds, starting to get their voices heard through a lot of different avenues like that, I mean, do you do you feel? I mean, it's got to give you hope, right? Do you feel more hopeful about the future of this industry than you, than you have? Of course, yes. I mean, look, we're here. We're doing <laughs> yeah. it. We're making it happen, you know? Um, I I think for the first time in a long time, feel really optimistic. Um, and I hope it's not misguided optimism, but I think, you know, seeing everything come to, like, come to a head and then seeing so many places have DNI um, hires and so much more visibility on um, all of this great work that people are doing. Um, it gives me real, yeah. And then seeing also, you know what, all of the things that have come out of Code Coven, like the, 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 what the students and participants have created, um, the representation in it is just is so beautiful. And it takes you to places that, you know, when you're finding things that you didn't know were possible mm-hmm. and you see it for the mm-hmm. first time and you go, wow, okay this is changing, you know, and it's that first step over that hurdle. Because I think when I first got into the industry, there were sort of, um, you know, these, these uh, women in games, not the official one, but the, uh, like, you know, those kind of meetups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it felt like those were kind of just opportunities to get a free drink type of thing, you know, (laughs) but they didn't have the tools to be able to get into action. And now we see so many people just banding together, no ego, um, you know, what can we do? How can we change things? And I think it's so, so powerful. So I'm maybe, yeah, hopefully not too misguided in my optimism, but, uh, how do you guys feel? I mean, with everybody that you talk to and what you're seeing, um, 
is a change happening? I think it is. I, I think it's inevitable. It, you know, it was inevitability and it is being accelerated uh, from not only the digital space and us, you know, with the pandemic, everybody was thrust into this digital space, whether they wanted to be or not. So people are starting to discover more of it. I feel that with technology is a lot more consumer friendly on their wallets. So you have more people that are getting into it. You've got people that are going and building communities and really starting to take advantage of what you can do on the internet and what can be created, how you can collaborate with people. So I, I am full of optimism as far as where we're going. I think the whole gaming industry has been thrust into the spotlight. We are on the ground level, that ground floor of, of the future as far as with it. And it's super exciting to be able to be a part of it and to talk about it and, and, and everybody that we have on and, and the amazing things that everybody is doing. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm just as optimistic as you are for sure. Yeah. And it's been really great to see it affect uh, all parts of gaming. So obviously, you know, stuff like what, what code coven is doing uh, from the voice acting side, we've seen stuff like what uh, Jennifer Hill's doing with skills hub to kind of open up voice acting training to people that maybe, you know, can't afford to, to go take a, a class, you know, in a, a more traditional setting. So it's nice to see like avenues from all angles start to open up. Uh, even on the media side, when you see media organizations take gaming seriously, uh, that's been fun to see because now it's, it's, it's real. Like it's, it's no longer mm-hmm. like that, that weird thing kids do when they're younger. Like it's, it's like <laughs> legitimate now in people's eyes. So that's always fun to see. Um, my the last question from my end anyway is when you think back to when you started Code Coven, was there what I find fascinating and, and great about you and, and your team is that you didn't just think, oh, there's a problem. It'd be nice to see somebody try and fix it. Like there was the determination and the desire to just start this and and start on the path to trying to fix it. What was that like nudge to get you go from you know seeing a problem to hey you know we can be part of the solution and like was there was there any hesitancy was there any like nerves about that or was that all you were like gung ho about it <laughs> um no there was definitely nerves um <laughs> and a lot of hesitancy and it took a friend of mine uh like i'd been talking about it for uh probably a couple of months and putting everything in place like i um, you know, because I wanted to get everything right and get it prepared mm-hmm. and get my spreadsheets done and this legal stuff done and the proper processes. And I had a friend just go, I'm really fed up of you talking about this. So I built you a website. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I should probably update that website now. But <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that was really just pushed me and it's been a snowball ever since just gaining momentum. But um, yeah, it's certainly been um, an adventure because that's the thing, like you get so caught up in wanting to do something right and using that as an excuse rather than just, just I'm at the point now, I'm like, we're just going to do it. Uh-huh. We're going to see mm-hmm. what happens. <laughs> Hold on for dear life. <laughs> so if your friend had not built you that website, would we be here today? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, I'm still be working awesome. on the bloody spreadsheet. <laughs> that oh. is amazing. I've got to ask my last question. 
Do you watch, have you ever seen the show Mythic Quest? Oh, freak yes. Sorry. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I'm ready for the next season. It is amazing. But even seeing things like that and you're getting this different perspective, you know, as into what goes into a game and seeing so the, some of the behind the scene things, you know, it, I, I just love the fact that there's so much more attention going on and there's programs and things like Code Coven for people that are interested in this sector or, you know, in design, in being able to find a place uh, with, you know, like-minded people, people that are, because that, that is a huge thing. And there's so many stories to be able to tell from a different perspective. And I love the fact that we're now getting these tools and, and people and resources for these people to be able to tell those stories. Uh, please, Tara, again, thank you so much for being on Tell us where can we where can we go and find information? How do we get involved? Let the people know. Okay, so yeah, um, thank you very much for that, and it's been a joy to be on here. But yeah, if you want to find out more about Code Coven, then our website's codecoven.com, and uh, you can follow us at Twitter, where we keep everything the most up to date, and that's at code underscore coven. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I just got to know when your daughter is going to sign up, Ryan. Yes, absolutely. No, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, gonna gonna how wait how old how old do you have to be? Is there an age limit or um eighteen right now? Eighteen, okay. But we're working on it. Okay, <laughs> well, I'll I'll keep my eyes peeled then for that. She's only seven at the moment, uh, so we got a little bit of time there. But this is definitely something that I would I would love, and and what a unique opportunity in the fact that you're working with professionals that are in the industry. It's I feel like especially with jobs like this, it's not only good to have the technical knowledge, but to be able to have that working knowledge, how to speak to people, how, you know, what goes on in, in, in those rooms, uh, where, where the stuff happens is such invaluable information. And I really hope people, if you know, people that are interested in this, that do this thing that, or do these kinds of things that are looking for what seems like, cause you guys also have a discord, a fantastic community, uh, highly recommend taking a look code coven. And, and, uh, I can't wait to see what all you guys do as well. We'll definitely be following along. So Thank you so much, Tara. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? I suppose I'm still going to chug through Diablo 2. Uh, I think I can finish it this weekend. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm notoriously like a rage quitter at games, though, so I, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, Ryan, yeah. my question for you <laughs> is, and this is a very important question I'm about to ask you, Ryan. Yes. How many missions do you have left in Metal Gear Solid 5? <laughs> I still have four missions. I still have four missions. This is not looking good, guys. This is not looking good. I am going to do it, though. I don't know how I'm going to do it because October, I, that's when I usually play my spoopy games. So um, I'll, I'll figure out a way to mix it in. And then we've got the Extra Life uh, charity stream in November. I said I was going to have it done by then. Regardless, I'm still going to be donating uh, $100 to Lex's uh, charity of choice. But uh, this is more of a pride thing for me. I said I was going to get it done, and I'm a man of my word. So, <laughs> but yes, you are correct. I haven't done anything so far. Thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> I need to get through Deathloop. I need to get through Deathloop. I'm running through Deathloop now. 
Kina is right there. I'm probably going to end up, I'm going to end up getting Kina. I know I'm going to get Kina. Uh, so I, I, but I, I, I was, I was very, I'm very proud of myself. I was reserved. I didn't just purchase it for it to collect its uh, uh, digital dust and just sit in the library waiting to be played. <laughs> so I, I was happy with myself as far as with that. So, <laughs> but other than that, you know, my, my destiny two will be doing uh, raids and things like that. And then of course, new world comes out tomorrow, September 28th. So I'm going to be grinding that. If you, you are playing that hit me up i'm beyond that el dorado server otherwise we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week thank you so much for joining us don't forget to hit us up on the tweeters at land parties pod at lucas Egan, or at smitty 2447 uh we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and you know what it is we love your faces